guys, it's me, CTG Aria, founder of CoolTransGirl.com, and today is the fourth episode of my podcast, Cool Trans Girl. Today is going to be a little bit of a mini episode. Um, it's going to be a part of my Building Confidence as a Trans Woman series. Um, I have a blog post about it on my website, CoolTransGirl.com, the 11 tips for building confidence as a trans woman. They're just 11 tips that um, I have recognized, certain mindsets that I have changed um, that have helped me build my confidence as a trans woman. And I'll, I'll honestly probably add more of them as they come up because, you know, I'm still, I'm still growing um, as the years go on. But anyways, um, for those of you that don't know I am a trans girl on a self-love journey and I'm just trying to take the girls along for the ride um, ultimately I'm just trying to create a community of trans women to uplift and support one another um, and just focus on um, healing our community as a whole and I really do think that um, healing as a trans woman starts with being in community um, and not only that but I feel like our, our health and wellness just isn't like talked about enough I, I feel like the content that revolves around trans women is all about like, you know, passing and, you know, getting surgeries. And those are all very important parts of um, our surgeries or <laughs> sorry, very important parts of our story. But the mindset is is something that is often neglected. And um, actually, according to some statistics, I'll cite um, according to the UCLA Williams Institute, I believe 41 percent of trans people have attempted to take their life at some point in the U.S., and 82% have um, struggled with suicidal ideation. So my mission really is for, you know, trans girls who feel alone, to feel seen, to know that they are not the only trans girl in the world who is feeling the things that they are feeling, um, and for them to realize that there is so much more to their life um, and to challenge the narrative that that society has written for trans women as a whole because it's a very bleak one. Um, so yeah, sorry to get a little heavy, a little deep. I'm just trying to bring awareness to an issue and just tell you a little bit about um, why I do what I do. Anyways, let's get into the episode. Um, so today's episode is about setting boundaries with cisgender people. I think I'm going to touch a little bit about setting boundaries just in general, but um, this might be like a mini, I, I planned it as like a mini episode because, you know, I'm trying to do the content creation. I, I'm a day late on this fucking newsletter, so... And I say that now and watch this episode be like 15 minutes, 50 minutes fucking long. Um, but anyways, so today's episode, tip number one, setting boundaries with cisgender people. Um, so a little bit of backstory about me. So um, I grew up in a household where like boundaries were not really like a thing. And it wasn't like necessarily in a bad way where people would just like violate your boundaries like consistently but it was like it was like almost it was a bad thing if you set boundaries for yourself um and I love my family so 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 much they're so loving so supportive um and I truly am blessed to like have them in my life but um what would usually happen is if, you know, my family, they're, they're the kind of people that don't like confrontation. They would rather be polite, like politeness is, is valued over direct communication. And that is a lesson that I have had to unlearn as I have gotten older. Um, if my family is listening to this, just know 
that I still love you guys. I just really think that that is something that our family can improve on as a whole, okay? Um, but anyway, so what would happen with my family is that we would, you know, somebody would have their boundaries violated um, consistently, and then they would start to, like, build resentment towards that individual until eventually they would just blow their fucking lid and flip the fuck out and it would turn into this big fight and we would always talk about how we didn't want confrontation in the household and it, you know these these situations where we would you know in, in unintentionally hurt each other would would turn into these like blowouts because we didn't communicate upfront open and honestly from the get go but Luckily, my family is a loving family. We are full of love. We never want to go to bed angry with one another at the end of the day. So even though we would have these blowouts and these fights, we would we would opt to not go to bed angry with one another. I never want to go to bed um, angry at somebody that I love. Um, that just doesn't like sit well with me. But anyways, so we're going to be talking about how I unlearned that lesson um, and how I set boundaries with cisgender people because, you know, cis people sometimes don't know how to talk to us or they've been taught um, certain things to say to trans people that aren't necessarily correct. And, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to be the ones to teach them um, how to treat trans people. And I'm. this is obviously not geared towards like transphobic assholes. Like I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue with somebody about like my validity as a woman who already has their mind made up. That's just like fucking pointless. But anyways, so I had to learn how to set boundaries. And really when I moved to New York was when like I had allowed my boundaries to be crossed like multiple times. Like Oh my god, I do. there's like so many, like, okay, I had gotten scammed out of like $800 because I had like literally just let this man scam me. Like, I literally like withdrew $800 and gave it to him because I thought I was going to get a $1,000 a month studio in Soho, which, um, reality check, that doesn't fucking exist, but, you know, I was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and I had just, you know, moved to New York and I was just like, you know, really excited to be here. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, like I work in Soho. That is, so, that would be perfect. My $1,000 a month studio in Soho. Can you believe that? <laughs> uh, anyways, I think that guy was in the mob. That's another story. Oh my God, that's such a crazy, oh, maybe I will tell it. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to tell you this story real quick and then we'll get back to like setting boundaries. So I had gotten like caught up in this like, whole fucking Craigslist scam. Um, so I had like seen this ad for a room on Craigslist. This is a lesson. Don't ever fucking go on Craigslist ever in New York. Just don't do it. Just don't go on Craigslist looking for a housing situation no matter where you are. It is a dark, dark place. I mean, but ultimately, anyways, yeah, just if, if you can, please avoid it at all costs. Like do the due diligence process, like do the application, even if your credit is bad, whatever, like and trust that the universe will figure it the fuck out for you. Like just don't, don't try to find a fucking housing situation on Craigslist if you can. Or at least be smarter than I, I was and, and um, just look out for the red flags. So, anyways, 
I had responded to this ad for like some like nasty fucking studio sublet whatever in Jersey City because I was you know, staying in Jersey City with some friends at the time while we found an apartment and we all had to, you know, we were having to go our separate ways because our our credit wasn't checked. And so I was trying to fucking lock this place down and they send me like this text and they're like, call this phone number and, um, you know, and we will try to like, it's like a government assisted program and we'll try to get you like a cheap apartment. Okay, so I'm literally, like, working at Louis Vuitton in Soho at the time, and I'm, like, on my lunch, and I'm, like, calling this fucking number, and it's, like, this whole automated system, like, literally, like, is, like, you know, dial, you know, which neighborhood do you want to live in, like, blah, 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 like, this whole thing that you have to go through, so what happens is I get through this, you know, this automated phone call system uh, that takes me let that finally takes me to like this guy at this in this office or whatever and he's like who is this caller I can't hear you who is this and it like it gave me like this sense of urgency and he was like I can't hear you caller and he hung up so then I'm thinking oh my god I have to get one of these apartments because they're gonna go so fast so I call again I get through he's like yelling at me he's telling me where do you want to live I'm like I want to live in you know Manhattan or Brooklyn probably like Brooklyn I I was thinking at the time um and he's like okay just show up at my office at like 8 a.m. tomorrow, um, you know, with your deposit. And I'm like, okay, bet. So it's a rainy day, um, a rainy fucking morning. I'm like thinking that I am just, you know, this is going to be the best day ever. Everything's working out in my favor. Um, And I like go to this office and fucking like seriously right by Grand Central Station. And uh, he gives me this address for this for this office, and I cannot find it fucking anywhere. So I have to, like, call him and, like, tell him I can't find this fucking office. And then he, like, has to literally... I mean, this is, like, a, a first red flag, number one. Like, the office is not, like, instantly, like, recognizable or whatever. So he, like, eventually, like, directs me to a fucking office, and there's, like, a neon sign in the window that says real estate. And, you know, so I went in there, And there's this, like, oh, my God, this is so funny. Okay, like, this Italian, I swear to God, like, like, Italian New York-looking motherfucker, like, is wearing, like, gym shorts and, like, a wife beater with, like, a nylon zip-up hoodie from the 90s, just tan as fuck, like, has, like, the bouffant hair and, like, a gold chain and everything, and, like... Okay, this is also, like, a funny detail, but I think he had, like, obsessive-compulsive disorder because, like, I would walk... I, like, walked in, which I... You know, OCD is no laughing matter, but it's funny in the context of the story. So I, like, walk in to his office, and he's like, wipe your feet. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I wipe my feet, and, like, everything in the office is, like, immaculate. Like, there's, you know, there's chairs, there's desks, there's, like, plants, and they're all in threes, and they're hanging perfectly in a row. Like, nothing... It is, like, eerily tidy. Like, nothing is, like, an inch out of place. Like, everything is just, like, perfectly in order. And he's the only person there, even though there's, like, multiple desks, but, you know, it's, like, 8 a.m., whatever. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to that. There's a lot of red flags. So, anyways, 
he like immediately is like, he's like, hey, okay, you know, we'll get you, um, you, cause originally I was planning to spend like $150 for him to help me like find an apartment. And then he was like, if you give me 800, I will help you find your apartment or I'll connect you with somebody who can help you find an apartment. Um, and then, uh, 500 of it will go to your first month's rent. And I'm like, oh my God, work. And he's like, and you know, and that's when the whole, we have a thousand dollar a month studios and Soho. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, give it to me. I want it. Um, and so he's like, okay, great. So he's like, just go downstairs. There's an ATM right downstairs, uh, right next to that nail salon. Um, and so I go downstairs and I withdraw eight hundred dollars like literally like pretty much like the last of my fucking money um withdrawal eight hundred dollars and go back and you know give it to him and i'm like okay like can i have a receipt and he's like we'll email it to you and i was like okay like that's when i first was like oopsies like i don't know about that but you know the fight or the is it the five stages of grief? The five stages of grief. Stage one, denial. So I was like, ah, no way. Like, no, I'm just, I was, I was, you know, doing it for the fantasy. This is where, this is where the story gets like fucking crazy. So then he goes, okay, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for your, for a call um, so that you can, um, basically he was saying I'm waiting for a phone call like my friend is gonna you know see about your thousand uh, dollar a month studio in Soho um, but in in the meantime can you like run an errand for me and I'm like yeah like I'm like well what do you what do you need <laughs> and he, he's like I need you to go buy me a money order and I'm like okay and I was still feeling weird Ugh, girl I'm like you're gonna fucking die it's so embarrassing like telling this part of the story like I literally never tell anyone because I look back on it and I'm like you stupid fucking bitch like what the fuck like what the fuck did you think was gonna happen so anyways he's like okay he he gives he's like I need you to go buy a money order um for you know two thousand dollar money orders so he gives me literally two thousand dollars in cash and he's like, you need to leave your stuff here because I don't know if you're going to, you know, you're one of those people that's going to like run away with it or whatever. And I was like, um, okay. And then he's like, also, you need to put it somewhere safe. Like, and he like looks at my fucking crotch and is literally implying that I need to take this a wad of cash and stick it in my panties. And you know what I did? Exactly that. I took $2,000 of cash from this fucking, like, soprano-ass motherfucker, um, put it in my fucking panties, walked through the rain to the post office, which was, like, five blocks away, bought $2,000 money orders, <laughs> gave them to him when I, and when I came back. And then I was, like, when I got back, I was, like, gee, I don't know, this just seems like a little bit off the books uh, for me and he's like why would I why would I lie to you like he's like this isn't like a desk in a nail salon like this is an office 
and like keep in mind we're literally like in an office but it's like above a nail salon so that's like kind of ironic and you know again stage one of of the grieving process denial so I decided to um I was just like oh okay yeah no I believe and he's like you know and I'll call you back about your studio and blah 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 and I was like for sure for sure for sure for sure like I was just like fully disillusioned and thinking that um I had my thousand dollar studio in Soho on lock and anyways so <laughs> I figured out that that wasn't true and I like did my detective work and like literally could not find this office anywhere and like it was like the the voice automation call was like for like castle real estate and they did not have a fucking office in midtown or if they did it was like nowhere near his and then like I you know told one of my co-workers and was like crying in Soho like oh my god I cried in Soho so much I was literally like crying on the sidewalk um and like calling my dad I'm like I don't know what to do like all of this money was taken from me um and I ended up like and then I went to the fucking police station and they were like oh so you like willingly gave this man eight hundred dollars and I'm like yeah and they're like so he didn't steal it you gave it to him and I was like I guess and they're like well there you have it so anyways they and you know NYPD ladies and gentlemen uh, no fucking surprise there. But anyways, so I went back to the office and I was like yelling at him through the fucking intercom and trying to get my money back and that never happened. And anyways, that is the story about how I got scammed out of $800 and uh, took $2,000, walked with $2,000 in my panties and took it to buy a money order um, for this fucking Italian um, guy who was probably in the mob or was just a scammer, just a slimy fuck. Anyways, he got my ass, caught me slipping. That's on me. That's on me. And I have a funny story to tell you. So anyways, that was a boundary. There were multiple boundaries that were crossed, but because of my upbringing, I chose to ignore them because I wanted to be polite because I am from Washington State. And I think people are just, like, generally, like, nicer there. Nicer doesn't mean, like, kind. People aren't necessarily, like, as real as they are over here. Um, But, yeah. So, anyways. Anyways. Getting back back into the boundaries thing. So, um, I had to learn the hard way multiple times how to set boundaries. And really, when I moved to New York, like I said, I had allowed my boundaries to be crossed multiple times. Um, and that's where that crazy story comes from. But today I'm talking about bound setting boundaries with cis people specifically. Um, and the things I'm going to talk about are things that like cis people don't necessarily know that they're doing. Um, and I'm just kind of on here to kind of air out my grievances a little bit. And if you're a cisgender person watching it, like, you know, just, you know, take some advice and, and whatever. And it's, and you know, these are things that they're doing not intentionally, not to be hurtful. Um, but literally just because these are like, they just don't know any better. And these are just some common themes that I have recognized throughout my years of being a transsexual. So. Anyways, let's talk about something that really annoys me that um, is socially, like, acceptable, is considered very socially acceptable to do. And this might, like, sound stupid to you, but it, it irks the shit out of me, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. And I, I hate it when people come up to me and ask me my pronouns, because <laughs> what do you mean? 
I'm like, I, like I know, like I know I look transgender, but like, what do you mean? Like, do I look like I want to be? Because I'm sorry, but like a they them no tea no shade no tea no shade is gonna let you know if they want to be it, what their pronouns are. Like, you know, for me as a trans girl who's like obviously like very much like conforming to a certain standard of beauty or certain gender roles and it's just like very much like a girl, like a doll, a doll, a girly girl. And you're going to ask me my fucking pronouns and come up to me like, bitch, what the fuck? And so that actually happened to me like a couple days ago at work when um, the server, the server, like she came up to me and she was like, hey, and we had but like I'd been, you know, working there for like a minute. Um, and she was like, hey, like, I just wanted to ask like what your pronouns are. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, and she was like, what? And I was like, what are you what are you talking about? I was like, what are your pronouns? I love gaslight them a little bit, sister, like like because it's like what the fuck so i was like what do you like what are your pronouns and she's like she her and i was like okay so what do, what do you think mine are she was like she and i was like okay great and she's like i just you know didn't want to offend you and i'm like you know i just feel like i kind of give you know i give like she her so it just doesn't anyways i was like and then i so after i was like a fucking cunt about it i was like you know you can come up and you can introduce yourself and you can say, um, you know, hi, my name is blank. My pronouns are she, her. And then I in turn will go, hi, my name is Aria and my pronouns are she, her. And that is just a way better way to ask people for pronouns because when you just go up to somebody and ask somebody their pronouns, it's just like, it's very, it's just clocky behavior. Like, because you're just, you're clocking me. You're like singling me out as a trans individual and you're not even going to bother providing your pronouns because you think that they are just simply implied when I think that mine are simply implied. So yeah, I don't care how fucking manly of a cis man you are or how girly of a cis girl you are. If you hit me with the what are your pronouns shit right out the gate, I'm going to throw that right back at you and you're going to be really fucking confused and feel really fucking stupid. And that's how she felt after that interaction. Some and, so that is one way that I set boundaries with this people. Don't ask me my fucking pronouns. Dude. Just don't do it. So anyways, um, something else, something else that I, and I, if these are boundaries that have been crossed like multiple times and that like have irked me. And as a trans person, I like realized I was like, wait, like I don't have to like, you know, put up with this or like answer that question or whatever. And I remember like sometimes people would like ask me my dead name. And when I first was transitioning, I'd be like, or even like a year in, I would like, you know, share it. And then people would just be like, oh, okay. Or, oh, that's cute or whatever. Just, and it, it just didn't like, it just kind of, it felt like, I had like overshared something or I had given like a part of myself away just for them to kind of like just to to satisfy like their own curiosity and it really like it doesn't fucking matter. So I've had people ask me my dead name and now I'm like doesn't matter and then they you know feel stupid because why are you asking me like what my dead name is? I'm not going to share that information with you. That's just like a very you know that's something that's very intimate to me and you know it's not like I think it's like bad but it's just like you don't need to know that information. It doesn't you know pertain to you. 
whatsoever. So anyways, um, that's another thing. That, that's another way that I set boundaries with cis people. Okay. Um, <laughs> another one. This is a goodie. This is a goodie. And this, you know, this people are starting to catch on about this one ever since like Carmen Carrera. Um, was in that interview with Katie Couric and literally Carmen Carrera literally like steps on to fucking like Good Morning America or whatever the the Today Show or what it is like everyone's like yes Carmen Carrera like doesn't even like ask her her name the like right out the gate right out the gate Katie Couric is like so have you had the surgery like that is the first and Carmen Carrera is like yeah, you know, so I actually am, like, a highly accomplished woman, and there's so much more to me than, like, just that, and, like, you're asking me about my genitals on, on live television right fucking now, like, that's, you're hitting me, like, that is the question you're hitting me with out the gate? <laughs> That's crazy. I will ta- I will actually link that video if you have not seen it because it's it's just like like so it's just so audacious. Like it is like it, like actually unhinged that you would the first thing that you say to a trans woman is have you had the surgery. So that is another thing unless it pertains to you personally, it's not your business unless it's your business. And then furthermore, Another question I don't like to answer, and this is also with sexual partners as well, about my genitals. So, I mean, obviously, you want to know what the equipment is beforehand, right? But then when you start asking me questions about, oh, like, do I want bottom surgery? Do I want a vagina? Do have I thought about this, this and that? Like, I'm like, uh, I'm not sharing that information with you because that has nothing to do with you. I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to be a muse for you. I'm not fucking transgender Google. I'm not sharing this very sensitive topic around my fucking genitals. Like, do you want to fuck or not? So that's something, (laughs) so that's like something, that's another boundary that I set with cis people. And then, okay, Lastly, because this is a mini episode, I will share like uh, one other boundary that I set with cisgender people, specifically with cis men, because cis men will fucking try it, is that I do not perform certain sexual acts um, for cis men because these fucking tranny tracers are fucking crazy. And, you know, this isn't to like dog on or shame any of the girls who enjoy partaking in, you know, certain sexual acts. But I, you know, like I said before, or if you didn't know, I was a sex worker for a year, um, which was, anyways, I'm not going into that, which was not my favorite thing in the world, I will say. And I'm no longer in that line of work. Um, But there is you know, a lot of the same specific sexual acts that people would talk about um, that would want that these men who were ashamed of who they were or whatever would just like in very fetishizing sexual acts that I no longer partake in them because they make me feel like an object and not in the good way because there is a good way of feeling like an object. I do not like feeling like this weird fucking like your weird little tranny sex doll. Like I where you're just trying to like like 69 or whatever like I don't fucking do that that's faggot behavior sorry 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 I'm not fucking doing that with you 
Um, yeah, so those are just a couple of examples of um, <laughs> of setting boundaries with cisgender people. Um, yeah, so I think that concludes. I guess that concludes. Anyways, guys, I'm so fucking hungry and I'm hot in this closet right now and I'm trying to be consistent and make this fucking podcast like uh, come out every fucking week on on Tuesday so I can say see you next Tuesday but before I go um, I do want to let you guys know I have a weekly wellness newsletter that includes an iconic quote a weekly mantra um, a journal prompt or something for you to think about and some words of affirmation um, I honestly have so much fun writing these newsletters I send them out every week so far I've been sending them out on Mondays but I think I'm gonna start switching them to Tuesdays um, just because that you know I can link like the podcast um, episode that comes out on Tuesday with it so you guys are aware of like the content that's coming out that day um, but yeah I highlight like like subscribe if you feel called to subscribe to my email list my newsletter is fucking adorable at least like I will send you your first newsletter as well as a welcome email and if you don't like it you can unsubscribe but I think that you will get a lot of value out of it as a trans person It is a wonderful way to start your week but anyways guys like I said before, I'm fucking starving. I'm going to go roast some fucking broccoli, cook some sweet potatoes, some chicken, some quinoa. Oh, I'm so starving. Anyways, thank you guys so much. Um, this was <laughs> the first uh, episode of my confidence series. Until next time, see you next Tuesday. Bye, cool trans girls. Mwah.